The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Oh boy. Welcome, well, welcome back, I guess, to The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast. It's been a little while, hasn't it? But we're back. We are back. My name is Sai, and joining me, as always, is my partner in time, Mr. Benny Mac. Benny, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Sai. How are you? Not too shabby, mate. Not too shabby. Back talking Sam, Al, and Quantum Leap once again, aren't we, bud? Yeah, man, and uh, I'm, I'm sure many people will probably ask us once this episode hits about the just very quickly the new series has started the the reboot the re uh, not the remake it's a reboot it's carrying on from where it left off isn't it allegedly yes yes I've not seen any of it yet so I can't sit here and talk about it. we'll have to do a separate episode for that once we both actually had chance to actually um, <laughs> sit down and watch the new ones we're having just trying to get the old ones done first <laughs> yeah honest. yeah well so, we'll definitely have to sit down and have a I, I, I've seen it now. You I watched have, it uh, yesterday or the day before on a very dodgy, uh, dodgy <laughs> sort of stream and with adverts cutting in all the damn time. Daily motion sucks, man. But that's the only thing I could find yeah, it on yeah. at that moment in time that I could have on the television downstairs because my wife wanted to watch it as well. So it wasn't I've... a case of just popping it up on my tablet or something like that, which may have been yeah. easier. I don't know. Um, I won't go into details because obviously you've not seen it and other people may not have seen it. There's a lot of negativity online, but I just think people are miserable bastards. I enjoyed it, mate. <laughs> is it? Um, I mean, I've, I saw the trailer, the actual trucks. I saw there was a teaser. Then I saw the actual trailer. Um, and being a fan of the original, obviously, those who wouldn't be doing, uh, we wouldn't be doing this show, obviously. But um, what I've seen of it, yes, it's got that shiny new look about it. And um, when he's in the the trailer that I've seen, he's in the the, uh, the Quantum Leap Accelerator. It looks like a inside of an Apple iphone or iStore or something like that but you know it's got that shiny new look about it but what i do like about it weirdly is ernie hudson i see is in the trailer yes. aka winston from ghostbusters uh yep. for most people um but what i really love about it and again i only know this because of the trailer and obviously uh, so th- so this is in the trailer so this isn't really a spoiler but if you haven't seen anything you haven't seen the trailer just fast forward about 10 30 seconds and then you'll miss it but he is playing uh, magic isn't he which is a character in the original series who sam actually leapt into which yes. i did not know was gonna happen i thought do you know what that's the vietnam episode or the leap home in the which we haven't got to yet in our run through that's probably some of the better episodes in later seasons and probably more of a deep story so the fact that they've got magic as a recurring as a character coming back playing by played by only hudson is i think is really cool so yeah, and again, I don't want to go too much into it. We're not here to discuss that episode on this particular of podcast. Course. We will be looking at it very, very soon. Don't get me wrong, but it's not something that we're, we're supposed to be touching upon here. But it'd be, it would be wrong of us not to at least discuss it briefly, considering we've been away for a little while, and this is our, our sort of comeback episode, I guess. There are yeah. quite a few little touches oh, okay. back to the original series. Uh, I mean, we even get to see a, a hologram of sam not a hologram as in like like al is a hologram it's just literally a little kind of tiny display coming out the hand link as the hologram in the new quantum leap explains to ben the leapy 
that or leaper i suppose that uh what he's doing and that the original project and so on and there's yeah. also a couple of touches later on in the episode which i'm not going to go into because they would be big spoilers okay okay well i need but, to get around and watching it don't i but it sounds like to be fair i enjoyed it people fear change mate and i'm very much one of those people i do not like change however this to me isn't change this is a continuation and i think because yes. of that i was a lot more tolerable and open-minded now okay. that's good to know you also got to think this is made in 2022 so certain open-minded wokeness i guess is the term that has to be applied which is fine God. everyone's you know entitled <laughs> to a career in acting or whatever they want to do so yeah. we have different uh different people left right and center in, involved and so on which is fantastic is you know quantum has always been a very open-minded show with regards to uh yeah, issues of race and sexuality and so on so that, that's that's great as well Head i enjoyed time, it ahead of, ahead of its time back in the day so you know yes. the fact that they get to carry it on into this day and age i think speaks uh speaks volumes i think to be honest of how the show has remained a cult classic to be fair yeah yeah definitely but ultimately as i said i can't go into too many details because i don't want to give anything away we'll get, it, we'll get but that. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it mate i enjoyed it and i am one of those people that my wife especially and other people who know me would have assumed that i would have been more negative so if i've enjoyed it, lie, it can't when, be that bad. when we because we did talk about it briefly didn't we a while back uh when mm-hmm. it was announced um and we were like we're hoping this and we even i even proffered like a storyline that may happen and may you know hopefully it will happen but by all accounts it isn't going to but you know we'll see kayfabe and all that um but um just like i i will admit i thought when we came around to watching it either we would both hate it or I would like it, and you'd be like, nah, not not for me. I genuinely thought that. So, <laughs> that so either way, you're saying that you thought I was going to say it was going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. So the fact that you like it, um, I am not, you know, I'm not going to base it on my, because I, I may still watch it, I may not like it, but the fact that you do, I think is, um, like, I think it may, for me, based on the way, how we've reviewed the old show, as much as we love the old show, the fact that you like it, I think speaks volumes to me, at least as uh, based on what we've been doing over the last few years. Um, yeah. Doing this. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to think as well. It's, it's one episode. It's so early in the show's run, the show, yeah. the writing, the actors, everything is still going to be very much finding its feet. And it will be for the first few episodes. I mean, you you look back to season one of the original run. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that whole season because it doesn't feel like the quantum leap that I love that you get into yeah. more, in the stuff we're looking at now of season two. So you've yeah, got to bear all this in mind. And these people being negative online, there's numerous groups on Facebook that are dedicated to Quantum Leap, and, and there's obviously plenty of people on Twitter and so on. There's, there's as many people being negative as there is people being positive. Those who are being negative seem to have made their minds up very, very quickly. And I just hope they're open-minded enough to watch a bit more and give it a chance. Hey, it may even be a case of, I've watched that first episode and I've enjoyed it. I watched some more and I changed my mind. We don't know yet, yeah. but it's yeah, still yeah. very early doors to, I enjoyed the first episode, but I don't think we can really pass judgment until we see more yeah. of it. My, my, my rule of thumb with any series, some, some occasionally you watch something and you'll go, nah, that's not for me. And that's fine. But generally I'm like, okay, I quite like that. I'm going to give it another, my minimum is four episodes, mate. So I can kind of get to know the characters, any nuances or story they're trying to tell in said show. So it gives me a chance to start to, cultivate uh right i like this person i don't like that person why did they do that who the hell is that did they you know either what ifs or whatever's going on in the, in the particular show i think you need at least four episodes to give it a real 
if you leave the first episode going, yeah, it was okay, maybe give it another go. If you leave the first episode yeah. going, that was awful, then don't watch it again. That's fine. Don't go online and start being a keyboard warrior about it. And the irony is with these keyboard warriors and these build these woke and everything, if respect everybody, but like these people that pigeonhole them in the and corner, you shouldn't say that because that offends this person and this person. How about we're all open-minded about the way you want to live your life? Why can't you be open-minded and just have a proper narrative rather than freaking bitching and moaning on bloody forums or whatever? So that's my rant over, by the way. Okay. <laughs> anyway, then, this episode of The Waiting Room, we are picking up very much where we left off when we went on our little hiatus a short time ago, or not so much of a short time ago, whenever it was. It was planned um, to be a short one, wasn't it? But it wasn't, unfortunately. Yes, that's it. Real life gets in the way. Changing of jobs, other projects, and so on. But I'm very, very happy that we are back and doing this. And a little bit of information for those going forward. Uh, the show is probably, for now, going to be dropping once a fortnight via the SJP World Media Network on a Friday, Benny, I think we said, didn't we? Okay. Oh, well, you're the boss at SJ. That's what I mean. Another thing, we're not even on the old platform anymore where we were, and it was really nice of them to let us do the show. We've just moved on and sized done this project of SJP World Media, the podcasting network, to do other shows and stuff, and it's been freaking awesome so far. I do I do a, a show separate to this, and side does about 90 shows separate to this. Um, <laughs> So it's just like, so this is really the first episode on SJP World Media as well. So I just want to put that out there, mate. And it's what you've done so far has been freaking awesome. And I've, you know, some days are harder than others, but generally it's it's been good fun. And uh, it's starting to sort of uh, come together now, mate. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm very, I count myself as being very lucky in that I work with very, uh, well, very intelligent, creative people such as yourself, Dan Griffin, Magsy, Scottish Danny, Joshua Goodwin, all, all the co-hosts I do shows with, and then other people have their own shows as well, such as yourself, Benny, covering certain aspects of professional wrestling and so on. I feel very lucky and fortunate that I have the opportunity to work with with people like yourselves when it comes to creating content, creating shows, and the fact that th- these these fantastic creative individuals want to put shows out on a network I have put together. I feel incredibly fortunate. So yeah, it, it, it's going quite well. Still very early doors, it's going, but it's going quite well, my friend. Yeah, man. But hopefully this will help as well. And <laughs> it's always good fun talking Quantum Leap. It's just it so, is. I mean, we've rearranged this episode four times, I think, just trying to get this one done. So, <laughs> you know, uh, but we'll get there, man. Uh, do you know what? We're further along in the series series two than I thought we were. I don't know because of my brain. I don't know because we recorded so many and then we kind of had a sudden stop because we had to. And then I thought we were on like episode five, maybe four, but we're actually on episode nine <laughs> of mm-hmm. season two. That's so. right. Um, and so help me God, July 29th, 1957. So that is correct. Uh, originally aired on the 29th of November, 1989, Sam leaps into a defense lawyer in Louisiana where it's very warm and sweaty, which is gross for the whole duration of the episode. And yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can feel it yourself, can't you? When you sat on the sofa. Yeah. Very it's humid. And, and, and the humid <laughs> yeah. weather that's going on down there. And basically, Sam is, uh, he's leapt into this very, I suppose, nervous, um, quite shy, withdrawn defense lawyer who is tasked with representing a young black lady who is accused of murdering a rich white guy, which in 1957 in the southern states in Louisiana and that sort of area, you can, uh, we don't need to spell that out to people, people who listen to the show will be fully aware, won't they? Anybody that's paid attention to history, at any point in their life, I think knows um, the unfortunate uh, 
yeah, we've covered it before in other episodes as well, so we don't need to send yeah. it. But I think I think you're right. I think most people will know. If for some reason you don't know, I don't know why you wouldn't know. Even if you're younger than us, I think it's something that is. It needs to be still brought up because we need to learn from it and keep progressing going forward. So these things don't happen ever again. Uh, but yeah, I think if you don't know what it is, you must be <laughs> maybe yeah. the Unabomber, maybe because he it lived was in not, a shed somewhere. You know, it was not a particularly good time in American history. What well, a human history, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. But anyway. The episode begins with Sam leaping into a courtroom. He is stood next to the person he is representing and is asked basically for, for the plea, you know, whether this, this individual pleads guilty or not guilty. Sam looks at the lady he is representing and they exchange a bit of a glance and Sam turns back around and says, not guilty. Now, that kind of causes a bit of a kerfuffle in the courtroom, doesn't it? A lot of people are quite stunned that this is the plea they are putting forward Benny. yeah i mean it's un- unfortunate with sam every i don't know if every time he leaps in someone new it's like if you were to just turn this podcast on and just put it on at 13 minutes and 30 seconds you'd be like what are these guys talking about you might take you a couple of minutes to understand so he's literally leapt in as he's been asked the question guilty or not guilty and he's like who am i where am i oh that must be the person represent imagine his mind if you could hear his inner monologue like oh that's where am I who that's the, he must be like really like um you know I don't know what the right word is kerfuffled <laughs> that's, yeah. the word. Um, that's our word of the day that's our word of the day <laughs> okay uh, so yeah but what I always took from this is the fact that I mean you'll get into it I know but like the fact that he kind of looked at um, Delilah and just kind of for, sort of looked at her, she looked at him and he turned back to the the judge and says not guilty and obviously like you said it causes a kerfuffle as i'm gonna say now from now on um but i always got that like but they i mean they explain later on the episode but like it's always that moment of like how do you know she's not guilty you know just by looking at her maybe mm. that's why he was put there but obviously um but yeah to cause a, a stir in that courtroom and everybody's already hot and bothered as it is now they're getting angry i think so <laughs> yeah i mean the basic gist of the situation is i mean we're going to jump ahead a little bit here because we don't find out um we don't find out certain aspects of the leap until uh, sort of uh, about a quarter of the way through the episode that I think is quite important when we're explaining these earlier scenes as well. So we might end up jumping about a little bit here, Benny, to be fair, but the general situation is the, the lady next to Sam in the courtroom is Delilah Berry or Lila for short. And she is uh, being accused of shooting dead. The captain, as they refer to him as the captain's son, he is the captain's son is the murder victim and the captain is effectively the most powerful man in this town. And by this stage, there is a signed confession by Lila stating that this is what happened. And the guilty plea was expected because they've allowed her to plead out on uh, a murder two charge. We find out which would mean 20 years in prison as opposed to murder one and the electric chair and so on. And the captain explains when he's giving Sam a lift home from the courtroom, they're doing this to try and get it over and done with quickly, which straight away arises, arises your suspicions a little bit, doesn't it? If somebody's murdered your son, why would you not well, be pressing, even... you know, why would you want it over quickly and not be pressing for a more severe punishment? Yeah, yeah. Especially considering, again, we mentioned at the top of this, at the top of when we started talking about it, where they are in the world and the time they're in. I, you know, you would think they would, um, somehow these people were, they would push for a, a much um, harsher um, conviction. 
But obviously, as the conversation goes on with Coulter, Captain Coulter Cotter, what a freaking name that is, Captain Colton Cotter, I think his actual name is Captain McCoy. Yeah, Captain. Yeah, it's making me lose my tongue already. Um, (laughs) But like, as the conversation goes on, at this point, we don't know as the viewer that it's the captain's son that's been murdered until he says she murdered my boy Leonard, and it's like, hang on a minute, you're pushing for a lesser charge because you believe that, or you're under the impression that this girl killed your son, um, and you allegedly the reason is to spare. Uh, his wife, um, his son's mother, um, any more pain, basically. So I find that as soon as he mentions that this kid was his son, there's even, there's almost, you always go, oh, you, you, well, I don't know about you, but when I'm watching this guy for the first time, like I had a bit of an uneasy feeling about him anyway. And the way Sam mm. projects it in his monologue is despite his friendly smile and his um, warm demeanor, everybody sort of, ushers out the way of him and just not tips their caps and says captain and stuff like that and Sam's like straight away like so within moments of him being there he's gone from going well this woman isn't guilty and this guy's a bit dodgy but as soon as he mentions the fact that it's his son being murdered it's like even I'm as a viewer going and you're only pushing for 20 years like would you not if somebody killed you know there's that revenge sort of thing going on so everything seems dodgy from the moment we sort of <laughs> joined Sam in uh, 1957, really. Yeah, and we get a bit more of that as well because uh, after the plea, uh, there's a bit of a conversation, isn't there, in, in the <laughs> in an office or a back courtroom or somewhere like this between the, the judge, uh, judges' chambers, I think. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, judges' chambers. Thank you, Annie. Uh, between the judge, the prosecution lawyer, and of course Sam, who is acting in in, in you know for the defense, and they're all saying, "What the hell are you playing at?" I thought we had all this worked out. We were going to, this is the way it was supposed to be. Everyone has already agreed what's going to happen here. We can wrap this up, tighten a nice bow. She goes to prison for 20 years. We'll move on with our lives. Yeah. And Sam's just like, but she's not guilty. And they're like, again, citing this confession that she has signed, which you know we will come to a little bit later more on, later yeah. on. Uh, also, Benny, something that we spoke about sort of pre-recording, I think, the lift home that the captain gives Sam or, or Leonard back to his house is the first use of the N word, yeah. which is, you know, a, a disgusting term that we're not going to utter again on this, this show, but you know, everyone's aware of what the N word yeah, I'm referencing. Uh, I'm watching on the DVDs now, as opposed to recording off the cable box, as I, as I was previously, I've got all the DVDs to watch up in the bedroom. So I may as well <laughs> make use of them. Finally. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and um, they are very much, I suppose a case of uncut or they are as the show once was when it was released back in 89. Whereas you maybe read, they've been redone on DVD and obviously digitally and, you know, cleaned up or whatever. But yeah, basically I think as the show would have aired in its original like time slot or whatever. So as is, because I've got the DVDs as well, but um, yeah, I, I picked up on a few, I think that's where you're going with it. I picked up on a few scenes. I don't remember the exact dialogue that was said. I assume it has something to do with the word we're talking about. That when I was I was watching it on um, Now TV via, so it's Now TV, but it's sci-fi. Um, so there's certain scenes that I mean, luckily they don't cut to a point where you go, "What the hell happened there?" They're they're quite smoothly done. But watching it, even though it's been that long since I've watched it, I know there's something missing, but I couldn't quite place it. Which is obviously you've seen because you've watched the the full version, I suppose. <laughs> mm. And I'll tell you what it was it, for me watching 
watching the DVD and, and this exchange, you, you've obviously got the fact that Captain Cotter is is smiling and you know he, he's got this warm demeanor as you as you put it. Sam Strowey doesn't trust him, as you said, but he comes across in a certain way and he's driving this this very, very nice car and he's talking to Sam or, or, or Leonard, who Sam has leapt into, about he used to work with his father and he's known him since he was a kid. And it's it's quite a pleasant conversation, even with Sam's reservations about this guy. Yeah. But we, when we, that word is dropped in, yeah, it's like a bolt out of nowhere. I literally sat there and went, whoa, because it was just like, yeah. where did that come from? And Sam is like the moral compass of like, he wants to say, I think, does he shut him down or does he kind of have this demeanor of like, I'm not, I can't, I need to just bite my lip. I'll just move on, you know. Or uh, Sam Sam tries to explain that you, you, you can reference uh, or you can use the term and he lists a few off that are probably more, I suppose, socially acceptable in 1989. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to run through that list because what Fair was enough. acceptable in 1989 it's quite weird hearing Sam correct the captain because Sam is now using terms that in 2022 aren't really acceptable. Again, that's the the way we've kind of moved on in terms Mm. of the, you know, you know, respecting of others and stuff like that. So yeah. um, I just found it weird, like watching it back. I've spent, obviously I've seen it before, but when I remember watching it the very first time, all I could was like, this guy's having a real pleasant conversation with Sam. Then it drops the bomb of, she murdered my boy, Leonard. And it's like, yeah, he, yes, he's angry in that moment, but we don't really see any, um, apart from that little outburst throughout the show, we don't really see him break down, cry, be upset. He just seems, yes, he's angry. And I understand that. But like, as, as the episode goes on, we'll find out. But you, as you look at it, as I can look at it now, he's, trying to like hide something basically is the general gist of it. Um, you know, yeah, so that's, right. that's I mean, how I took it. So in hindsight, you, you, you're spot on watching this in, because I, I can remember bits and certain scenes of this, this episode, but I couldn't remember the exact story and what was going on. So there were certain reveals in this episode that felt like they were new to me in a way. And now in hindsight, having literally just watched it back before we pressed the, the, the big red record button here, you're right. There is that kind of, he's very, I suppose, a matter of fact about things as opposed to a man who yeah. has just lost a loved one, isn't he? Yeah. I, I just feel, I mean, again, I'm probably, probably how I would react. I probably wouldn't react the same. Yes. I'd be angry and I'd probably flip from sad to angry very quickly, especially if it was, you know, obviously we know how this episode ends. So it's harder to sort of, to, but it just seemed to me watching it at that time, as soon as you drop that bomb of like I just said of you, she murdered my boy. Like, how are you not pressing for? If you believe truly believe that this woman murdered your son, how are you not pushing for the stronger punishment? What mm-hmm. you know, and the the excuse of I don't want to put any more, any more pressure on my wife or any more to put her through any more hurt. Um, obviously, maybe you could go the fact because actually the the wife um she does actually um. Sadie, isn't it? Actually, like loves uh, Delilah and stuff. So you could argue that point, but at the time watching, I'm going either way. You're going to have a trial. So whether it's for the chair or whether it's for going to prison for 20 years, it's going to be. I would assume somewhat <laughs> the same length of time. Um, so I, yeah, for me, it was hard to sort of compute. Really, mm-hmm. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. For me, it's uh, reaction anyway. Yeah. No. No. I think I think you're correct, Jess. Um, 
the wife of Leonard meets Sam at the door. She's very happy that Captain Cotter has been dropping him off at home. Uh, so her, like a lot of people that we meet in this this story, uh, appearances and you know social markers and station and so on is quite important, especially to this character here, the of Leonard's wife. Um, definitely, Al, very yeah. materialistic. Definitely, Al turns up and says they don't one hundred percent know why. Sam is there yet. Sam says to Al, he thinks it's to stop Lila getting the electric chair. Al says, well, that's not a problem. She pleads not guilty. Uh, sorry, she pleads guilty, apologies, and gets 20 years, so doesn't get the chair, so that's not an issue. To where Sam kind of sheepishly has to go, yeah, I kind of messed that bit up, to be fair. You yeah, know? <laughs> I, I thought I was here to prove her innocence, and, you know, sat in the house of, I'll have to then... Um, because the uh, I don't know, I guess it doesn't he mention something about Red Butler as, as well? Uh, yeah, some kind of uh, is, was all excited about the captain dropping uh, Leonard off and playing Red Butler or something like that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't Google it, but I, could, I didn't know. I don't know what that actually means to be honest. But basically, I think he um, gets some basically. <laughs> yeah, it's some bedroom games. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, so yeah. But Sam here again, he, he explains kind of what we've just got over to, to Al. He says that if Lila really murdered the son of the most powerful man in town, would they let her plea bargain out and so on? So they, they're hiding something is literally what Sam says. So I think your your feelings in the scenes before this were absolutely spot on the money, Benny, because Sam is feeling the same thing, isn't he? Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was trying to look at Red Butler. See what it was. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I always find in the last few episodes, I don't know, I can't remember now, but like we always have, like sometimes we have Al almost like straight away, and other times we don't have Al until the the key moment, and this is obviously one of the key moments. Um, and yeah, the he's like, no, you should be, you're here to play rebuttal. He's like, no, forget it, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, make me laugh. Um, it is a good time, and uh, Al. Um, and then he has to. I kind of like the inner monologue things that we have with Sam. I think those um, fade away over time throughout the series. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but I like them when he has them. He's like, you know, I managed to dodge Scarlett O'Hara and I managed to read the files and all that kind of stuff to get caught up. Um, and obviously, he's caught up on the on the case, but he doesn't actually have any experience being a lawyer because it's what it's one of the one times we actually find out because half the time we find out. Oh yeah, by the way, Sam, you can do karate and you you're a, you know a quantum physicist and all this stuff, and, and you can play classical piano and yeah, and sing and all this bullshit. <laughs> um, you know, he's just like a perfect guy almost. Oh no, but what, law degree is not one of your one of your things, which is for a change is quite nice because it adds that extra pressure. Um, to Sam to sort of do this job, I suppose, you know, mm. um, whereas not all the time, but he always seems somewhat equipped to deal with certain aspects of said challenges on these leaps. But this is one of those few occasions, I think where he actually doesn't have a law degree. So, and he can only remember random Perry Mason comments, I think as well. And yeah, it's quite, it's quite funny really. It is. It is. It's good. I like that kind of almost vulnerability to Sam. I mean, he always has that element to his character anyway, but here it's, it's genuine because he hasn't got the, the, the background or the training or the education to back up what he kind of needs to do. And I quite, I quite like that. It heightens, uh, the, uh, heightens the tension, I think as well in the episode, I think it's a, cause I, I mean, every episode's what, 45 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I will say watching this one, it seems to be over before it 
it didn't seem that long. Some episodes you watch and you go, oh, come on. Um, there are a few, unfortunately, but in this one, it was over before I knew it. And it was like, that was, I forgot how good that was. <laughs> if yeah. that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, Sam goes and meets with Lila in, in prison. She says that she did kill Houston, who is the, the captain's son. And then she basically wants to leave their meeting. So Sam doesn't really get much out of her at all. So his next, I suppose, step in his plan to, to gather information to find out what's going on is he wants all the paperwork on the case and effectively has to threaten the sheriff and the defense lawyer, sorry, the prosecution lawyer with US attorneys and federal attorneys and so on. Yeah. Just to even get a look at the the confession that Lila signed, which is mind. I mean, obviously these sort of things did happen, of course, but it's mind blowing looking at it in this current time that these sort of things could, could happen and go on Benny. Yeah. I, I, I like that scene actually, to be fair, when he's arguing with the, um, cause he going you know, like he's, they're all treating Leonard like he's a, like he's an idiot uh, to a degree or a nerd mm. or whatever you want to call it. Um, um, but I like the fact that he, um, you know, he kind of challenges the sheriff and says, "If you, you know, he's he tells him to call the the the, the sheriff." I think it's like he's a deputy, isn't he? He's talking to, I think, and he tells him to ring the sheriff, and he says, uh, "Oh yeah, that's what I told Leonard." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, but Sam grabs hold of the phone because one of those old school like um, phones, we got the earpiece separate to the actual. I don't know like, yeah. how you describe them over, you know, but you know what I mean. If you and Sheriff Lobo don't start cooperating, uh, cooperating, I'm going to get a. Uh, you know a federal judge to get involved in all that kind of stuff um which was a nice moment because up until that point he had pretty much been sort of trying to play catch up up until that point and for once and i liked the inner monologue again where he's like thank you perry mason <laughs> like <'cause he's laughs> something that's uh, very helpful and it's nice little moments like that really um apparently the um the sheriff lobo comment is actually referring to a corrupt sheriff from bj and bear which is another TV show which aired in 1979. So Sheriff Lobo comment, they wouldn't have necessarily got because it's in 57, but it's a dodgy cop in another TV show, apparently. That yeah. comment. So I didn't know that. <laughs> I just I come across it and I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I just yeah. I thought his name was Sheriff Lobo. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, from the information that Sam gathers here from the police department, despite the fact they are incredibly unhelpful, he realizes that a lady called Myrtle is probably the closest they have to a witness to what went yeah. on. So he goes to meet with Myrtle and this is where he comes across, uh, Sadie Cotter, the captain's wife for the first time. And she's obviously got some issues going on and seems very, very vacant, very distant, which you can understand because her son has been killed, but she's obviously suffering with, certain ailments shall we say yeah i think some of it's probably stress because of what's happened um but it's the line of she's like don't you step on my calories like you used to and he's like no ma'am and then she's like they're dying leonard sometimes i think they'll never he says they'll come back in the spring and he goes sometimes i think they'll never come back and you're like that was a weird interaction so is this yeah it was son? it was a uh, but she's up on the um up on the balcony isn't she and she's looking down talking to him and it's quite a nice um it's quite a good scene actually to be fair but i remember watching it going is this woman i know she's grieving but is she okay there's a bit there seems a bit more to it now i love how it's so subtle actually in this episode mm. that you go like with between like you know um the captain saying she murdered my boy and only wants to do a certain charge and then we don't get much of a rea um 
an interaction with Sadie, but it's enough that you go, okay, she's a bit, is she grieving? But there's, like I said, you can, like you said, she's grieving, but there's also that extra like bit on the end where you go, is she okay? <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, it was just that, it was just that comment at the end, wasn't it? it really changed the mood. It just, yeah, I'll, it did. Yeah. The actress I hear who, who plays Sadie Cotter, I think does a, she's not in it very much at all, but I think every scene she is in, she is fantastic in playing this. I don't this know if you've been silent Bob or anything, but she's like the silent Bob, isn't she? She comes when she does speak, it's quite profound mm. <laughs> and yeah. very uh, changing. So, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, Sam does meet with Myrtle, and Myrtle explains that effectively Lila has been there since she was 14 years of age. And there's a history of of, of, of abuse, basically, between uh, Houston, the the murder victim, and Lila. And she is uh, uh, there's a history of her getting beaten and uh, sexually assaulted as well, and so on. Yeah, that got heavy really quickly. I was oh, it did, it did. And she didn't actually see what happened, but she heard arguing, she heard shouting and sh- yelling and screaming, and then she heard a gun go off, and uh, Houston was was no longer with them, so to speak. This so. Was- her, her, she was really good. That um, uh, Myrtle, uh, mm. Ketty Lester, I think her name is. Um, because I mean, like, it's a bit graphic, but I will say it whether you leave it in, I don't know, <laughs> it's up to you. But no, 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 carry say, on, yeah. she does say, like, they she opened the door, blood everywhere, and basically, uh, Houston's face is now gone, and she breaks down into it's quite, it's quite a. I feel for her really, <laughs> even though you don't know truly what's gone on apart from a gun's gone off and mm. why the arguments were going on and stuff. But all you know is there's an argument and a gun's gone off. But this, uh, this actress who plays Myrtle, I thought she delivered that. She has no, f- you know, he had no face and she breaks down. I can't do it justice. I'm not even going to try. Um, but, um, I thought it was good to be fair. And it adds again, the seriousness of it as well. Cause obviously yeah. at that point we, we know somebody's dead, but we don't really know how, um and why and we're starting to find out now the events of what's happened in that particular evening um but to see how it's affects somebody else who wasn't even in the room it was quite um i thought it was quite powerful yeah it is very almost a slow reveal isn't it we're being drip fed bits of information throughout the whole episode really as to what actually happened that night yeah yeah and some of the information we're being fed obviously isn't completely accurate as well because we we find out well first of all myrtle refuses to be a witness she won't swear on the bible uh, um and because that will force her to tell the truth obviously these these are all very religious people in this time and she will not she just refuses to do it uh when we arrive uh, back after a break i'm assuming because we get a scene where it fades to black and returns again we're back in the courtroom um al arrives and kind of guides sam through a few things to say and i thought this was quite inventive because he needs a few minutes alone mm-hmm. sorry sam that is he needs a few minutes alone with al to have a chat and and sort of i suppose formulate a, a bit of a plan or discuss that their ideas for what's going to happen yeah and al suggests he tells the judge that his flyers undone his <laughs> zipper is stuck and he needs to borrow his chambers to sort his trousers out. I thought that was yeah, genius. Yeah. I love the fact that the defense, uh, uh, not the defense, the prosecution attorney was, I object. And the judge's like, you can't expect a man to plead a case with an open fly bow. <laughs> like, yeah. Fantastic. Like, you know, it's a little bit, in because it's been fairly serious up until that point. So you have these little moments of, uh, but uh, this is only one that I can think of off the top of my head. But the fact that the, the lawyer opposite 
to Sam is basically objecting to him sorting his flies out. Is uh, mm. it, it, I, I laughed at that. I was like, for God's sake, how pathetic are you? <laughs> Trying to, even though we know all know that Sam's fly isn't um, undone, he just needs moments to talk to Al to get get the plan in motion. So, but yeah, I thought it was quite funny. The next, the next bit though, after he's spoken with Al, I loved this. This was superb. Effectively, Sam is just trying to. I suppose level the playing field, so to speak, and g- gain some more control back because it's 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 very obvious at this stage, everyone is working together to get the end result that they think they should have. So Sam is trying to throw a few spanners in the works, and Al and Sam basically say that there needs to be uh, that the jury is supposed to be a representation of Lila's peers, but they're all white, yeah. so they need to have. Uh, some some black people on the jury to which the judge kind of begrudgingly agrees to this because he knows that this is you know a, a legal issue that he has to follow but to be a a juror in that county you need to be a registered voter registered voter yeah and there are no black registered voters in that jury so sam spins it on its head and says well in that case then we accept this this group of white people as jurors, as our jurors <laughs> and Lila's peers. Yeah. That's good. And Lila's peers and being effectively on the same level as them, which caused a little bit, we'll come back to that word again, a little bit of a kerfuffle, Benny. Kerfuffle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's weird how you've taken the judge because I, you say everybody's against him. I, I personally, I thought the judge is just trying to do his job. He's not okay. necessarily, because you, when he says the line of, um, uh, cause what does Bo says? Bo says, I object. There's never been a, uh, in, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, there's never been somebody like Delilah on the jury before. And the judge says, overrule. But oh, he says in a way like, do you know what? Well done. I, I always took it as him sort of going, well done, Leonard. You've proven a point there, actually. So I didn't, I okay. never. I didn't see. I didn't see it as begrudgingly, but then he said, obviously, to be on the ju- on the jury, you have to be a registered voter, and and uh, mm. unfortunately, they weren't. You know, people, uh, Delilah and all that weren't allowed to vote because, unfortunately, I think they were still considered somewhat uh, slaves. To be honest, to a degree, um, they're still coming out of it, but they're still considered that at the time. So, but I liked it. But yeah, I thought the judge was um, personally. I thought the judge was. Not necessarily on Leonard's side or Delilah's side or either, really. I thought he was. I thought he was genuinely impartial, to be honest. Honestly, yeah, the, the biggest vibe I got. I mean, maybe I've not explained myself very well there. <laughs> the biggest vibe I got was more from an impatient aspect. Like he oh, wants okay. to. Yeah, okay. He wants to kind of wrap it up. I. I, I think. Uh, and again, I don't want to get bogged down too much in this, but I, I feel that he, the judge, being he is is kind of resigned to the fact that this is what's going to happen with this trial because of who it involves and so on. He's almost yeah, um, whether he's whether he's for that scenario or against is not really what I'm picking up on. It just feels more like he's just in a state okay. of resignation about it and he's just thinking well if you start messing with the jury it's going to take longer can't we just get on with this. That that's how I how I came okay, across yeah, to it anyway. Yeah, yeah, it makes more sense. That makes more sense actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I I felt he was um, pretty open to a few uh, different ways of doing things. But obviously, the law at the time, you have to be this and you have to do that and you have to be registered and he can't do it. I thought he quite liked the. uh, Maybe he's tired of the captain being the captain. I don't know. (laughs) That's how I took it anyway. Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. Uh, It it becomes quite clear that 
every witness the prosecution calls is effectively reading from a script or reading from what they have been told to say because all their stories are very much cookie cutter sam says and they they all kind of uh, very much say the same thing when trying to get to the end result that is seemingly required by this court uh however when it comes to the confession we have an issue there because sam is trying to say that the confession was signed by lila and she was under duress when it was signed which could get it thrown out she says that she, she you know that there's a big arguments back and forth about this and so on and eventually we come to the end conclusion which helps out a great deal i suppose in that lila can't actually read because sam is showing her the confession to say okay you don't have to take the stand because she is refusing to swear on the bible and so on as well yeah. again element of it feels like everybody is hiding something here she refuses to stand on the on 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 the what's the fucking word for it on the stand stand there we go she refuses (laughs) to take the stand and swear on the bible because she would very much tell the truth and be left with no option because of how religious her, her upbringing has been so she refuses to do this but sam just says we can get around it by just showing lila the confession she can't confirm anything because she can't read so it's like well how can she assign the confession if she can't read what she's signing it's not fair and so on they, and that's they, where we could have wrote anything on that piece of paper exactly. and just signed it and told her it said I didn't do this, I didn't do this, and then all of a sudden she signed it. Well, you signed the confession. Yes. So yeah, and this is probably down to obviously this is where stuff like not having a lawyer present and stuff at the time wouldn't mm-hmm. have been necessarily um general practice. Obviously, Miranda rights weren't even a thing, which we do get does get mentioned earlier on in the episode. Um uh, so yeah, it's uh, the way that it all worked was uh, a lot different than what it, that it is now. Everybody has the right to an attorney now. Um, back then, obviously, it was just oh, while well, you're confessing, you don't need a lawyer. So here we go. Here's the piece of paper. I did this, this, and this, um, and here you signed it. So and unfortunately, they I think he delays the decision, doesn't he, about the about it? But generally, yeah. it's, uh, it gets put into evidence, doesn't it? Yes, he goes off into lunch, doesn't he, and so on. And that's when we get the scene where. Sam is meeting his wife in the park and she's bought him some food and so on. Uh, there's a couple of moments in this that I, I enjoyed. Sam very much putting Leonard's wife in 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 her place when she refers to Lila as the N-word. And yeah. he says, you can refer to her as Delilah, Lila, or Mrs. Berry in my presence and even if I'm not around you. And I was like, yeah, go on, Sam. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Because everybody else is like... But then obviously they would have, it was like normal behavior to them. But then, but whereas Sam, obviously from the future is like, no, this is BS. You need to change the way you talk about uh, Lila and, you know, everybody else really. So <laughs> there is something I did notice as well, that whilst this conversation was going on, the, uh, as the camera is cutting from Sam to the actress who played his wife and back again for the different parts of dialogue and the, and the back and forth, <laughs> the umbrella keeps moving. Where obviously it's been filmed in two different takes, and they're using two different takes sliced together. The umbrella uh, okay. keeps pivoting round in her hand, and and but it's one of those things of if I didn't notice it, wouldn't bother me at all. But once I've noticed it, it's all I could look at. Yeah, <laughs> you miss out on the freaking dialogue or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Makes but that sense. these things happen. These things happen. They do, yeah, because they obviously they tend to film these things. So if me and you were talking now, and we were filming it for a, a show or whatever. They'd film it from unless we have two cameras, but they would film it. And not thing is, you might deliver your lines absolutely perfect. Then I fuck it up. 
<laughs> and then you've got to do it again. And you've got to remember how you were stood, what you were wearing, where your drink was, if you've got a drink. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, totally. It, it can get uh, it can get lost in um in the in the mic in the editing room. I think <laughs> sometimes yeah, there's plenty totally. of shows that do it. So well, um, we'll see a bit more of that in a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> we we then get the captain turning up this slimy, stiff upper lip, nasty piece of work, Captain Cotter, and he effectively says that all of the legal work in that time does kind of go through him. It's all of his friends and his business partners and, yeah, yeah. And, and other people associated with him, Benny, isn't it? And he says that if he continues poking the bear, for want of a better term, if he continues trying to uh, uh, go down the route of this proper trial and so on, then he won't be working in law for money for much longer. Yeah, which uh, the the uh, the Leonard's misses uh, overhears, and obviously she's all about the uh, material, as we've already said. Um, I, I love the way I say I love it. I don't, I don't the way he talks. I mean, Leonard's wife isn't you know she's all about the material and all that kind of stuff, and she's very much that typical like I'll bake a pie and all that kind of thing, which is fine. Um, but I don't like the way the captain talks down to her, so he's even doing it to. Uh, you know, and his associate's um, associate's wife by like saying, yeah. you know, all the as you've already said, the work goes through him. Blah blah blah. That means the only work you're going to be getting, Leonard, if you carry on doing this, basically threatening him not to do it anymore. Um, it will be pro bono. And he looks at, um, I mean, I think we all know what pro bono means, but he looks at Leonard's wife. He goes, that means for free sugar. And like, so even there's even that sexist sort of thing going on towards Leonard's wife, even though she's mm. a bit of a pain in the ass. There's no need for the captain to be talking to her like that either. <laughs> so no, no. This, I mean, to me, it's it's a case of this whole village, this whole town, or, or whatever, is it, full of knobheads. There's just in, <laughs> with, looking back with 2022 eyes, most of the people who live in this area are, are absolute tools, and I, I I couldn't tolerate being around those people with your current mindset in in mind. I guess for want of a better phrase, yeah. I tell you, what, there'd be some punch ups, wouldn't there? To be fair, <laughs> people, I tell you, who the feck are you? Go jog on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, effectively, we then get the the issue where Lila still refuses to take to the stand because she won't swear on the Bible. So the judge has no alternative but to let the confession be read out in court. So this is read by the prosecution lawyer, and uh, then the, the the court sort of goes uh, on 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 its break for the day. They're going to continue the following morning. The and Sam, pick up, doesn't sorry, he? the defense picks up the next day, doesn't it? So yes, the prosecution right. have put their case forward, and now the next day will be Sam. I just want to mention quickly that he Sam reads her this confession briefly, doesn't he? And mm -hmm. even though he begged her his life or got or bed begged for on in the name of Jesus to save his life. She goes, he never said that. So she's getting like, she rolled up about her confession now, which proves that um, there's, again, it's the God thing. They're very much a God fearing community. Yes, so yes. Um, when Sam reads this to her, um, Lila gets quite um, upset and angry a little bit, doesn't she over this thing, but she's not throughout this whole thing. The more and more we get into this episode, we're going. There's something else going on here. Maybe it, maybe it was self-defense, or maybe Lila didn't do it altogether. But someone's not talking, and someone's not telling us what's actually going on here. Um, and we're starting to see it more and more as you go through the episode. Like you said, being spoon-fed these these little nuggets of information, and we're like, did she kill him, or was it self-defense? You know, we're thinking self-defense. I think at this point, at least I was. So 
Um, do you know what I? Do you know what I got uh, go a, a, a bit earlier on when we had all the sort of what I refer to as cookie cutter uh, witnesses or you know prosecution witnesses giving their side of the story and so on, and we had. Uh, I, I'm guessing it would be the coroner or the medical officer talking yeah. about the the wounds, and I think this was put in intentionally to sort of make people go, "Oh, hang on a second, because Houston was killed with a shotgun." Yeah. Is what we're told. So the entry wound, I don't know if people have clued up on this sort of thing. Anyone who watches a few episodes of CSI or Law and Order or whatever yeah. prob- is, is probably, or Criminal Minds is probably very clued up on it. The entry wound for a shotgun is much smaller than the exit wound. That's just how these things work. Yeah. Now, we're, so. yes, yes, we're being led to believe without it being 100% said, but the impression we're being given is that there was a bit of a scuffle a bit of a Houston was being abusive towards Lila. There was a bit of a scuffle. The gun went off and shot him. Now, when the coroner takes the stand, he explains the entry wound was a couple of inches big and so on, but on the back of the head and the exit wound took his face off. So he's been shot from behind. So you know from- I didn't pick up on that at all. <laughs> right okay okay so from that my yeah. mindset there and again not 100% remembering what happens in this episode yeah my mindset went to okay she obviously didn't pull the trigger because initially at the start of the episode i'm thinking lila killed him but it was self defense yeah halfway through the episode i'm thinking lila didn't kill him but she's covering up for somebody else see and then when that, you hit you got there before a lot before me i'm watching this the first time obviously this time around i've seen it so i know but the first time Maybe I was younger when I watched it, but mm-hmm. when when the coroner says he blew his face off, I just took it as in he got shot in the face. Right. I didn't okay. take it. So actually, but what you've just said makes perfect bloody sense now. And then why? How I wouldn't? Well, I was probably about I don't know fifteen when I saw this, <laughs> so I just didn't. And I wasn't watching CSI then. Put it this way: I don't think. Okay. <laughs> um, I, but I didn't but even, even mind- this time around. I didn't pick up on that at all. <laughs> but I this is where I kind of went off in the wrong direction. Because the actual shooter, who we're, we'll talk about literally in the next couple of minutes, because we're virtually at the end of the episode, realistically, the the actual shooter didn't enter my mind. I thought it was going to be more to do with Myrtle, and they were protecting Myrtle. And she was sick of Houston beating and raping Lila, so she stopped him one night by shooting him. That's what was in... Oh, okay. That's where I ended up by this point oh. in the episode. Oh, Okay. I, I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was blindsided, but when it was revealed who it is, I was like, "Oh!" And, and even now, this time where I'm watching it, watching it again, again, when they said he's blew his face off, I, I wasn't listening to the coroner. I think because I was annoyed by the way these people were treated, uh-huh. <laughs> Lila, basically. So in my head, I've always had it that he got shot in the face, but it makes right, perfect okay. sense now because obviously in the back of the head, yeah, hence, yeah. What you've just laid out for me, mate, has made complete sense to me. <laughs> I have a different perspective on this episode at all, but there you go. I mean, we, we were skirting around it a little bit here because we don't want to to give the end of the episode away, but we are virtually there now anyway. Uh, Sam, again, talking with Al in the courtroom, has figured that Lila is maybe protecting someone. It, everyone is all hush-hush, but for different reasons. Everyone has their different motives. Um, Sam is saying that she won't take the stand because she will tell the truth, and that kind of blows her 
her giving cover to whoever she's trying to protect. Again, that's why my mind went to Myrtle, yeah. first of all. But also, the, they've also heard the confession at this point, so the jury is more than likely not going to believe anything that comes out of her mouth now because of yes, the confession. Yes, So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the following day, when it's the the, the defence attorney's uh, turn, I guess, as, as Benny explained, the... That the court is waiting for Sam. He's arrived late, but the reason he's arrived late is because he's been organising a few things, and he wishes to call Mrs. Carter. Say that. Uh, sorry, he wishes to call Mrs. Cotter, uh, Sadie Cotter, the captain's wife, to the stand. The lady who we met very briefly earlier on in the episode, and there's a big uh, uproar about this. People aren't happy, especially the captain. He's ranting and shouting, saying this is disgusting. I don't want to put through this, and so on. Sam has already sort of, I suppose, guessed that this may cause that kind of objection. So he has a basically legal documents from much, much, much higher up than this little tin pot, rokey toke local town judge <laughs> that basically says that you have to allow me to do this because I'm defending somebody on a murder trial. And this is literally a matter yeah. of life and death at this point. Now, Mrs. Carter here is fantastic. Um, Kathleen Noon is the actress's name and she is superb. She plays this kind of, you don't know if she's floating in the clouds because she's had a breakdown or if she's heavily medicated at this point, or if she just doesn't, perhaps she's just got genuine long-term mental issues and that's caused problems as well. Or it's as you explained, Benny, the stress of the current situation, whatever causes her to be this way, there is definitely some outside factor affecting her her yeah. her memory and her her mind and she takes to the stand and she's taken to the stand because she wants to help leonard and she is so so naive and so nice and just so almost pure with how she's talking and how she's explaining that she wants to help leonard isn't she uh yeah uh, well uh, helping uh, delilah sorry uh, it's just um she loves Delilah. she's been there since she was very young she's probably what in her mid-20s i would say give or take um so she's been there a long time so she cares for uh delilah and everything um i do love the fact when she comes into the courtroom and captain's screaming at eugene the judge going you need to put a stop to this now and she comes in and goes oh quiet down captain or whatever (laughs) or whatever his name is again um it's all we're sort of you know we're doing it's all sort of what is it spilt milk or something see the way she delivers her lines is brilliant i can't remember what she exactly says but she just puts him in his place brilliantly doesn't she no effort no yeah this big scary man who's been intimidating uh sam leonard um and she just like oh hush up his spilt milk let's just get it over with (laughs) basically (laughs) and she's only in the episode what twice yeah, and both times you're kind of going, "What is wrong with this lady?" And then, oh, 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 and then it's obviously you're about to reveal what's about to be revealed. But um, yeah, I thought she was played this um, th- again for a, technically a what she'd maybe had two scenes in the entire episode. Maybe there's deleted scenes we haven't seen, but in the episode that how it aired, she's literally in two scenes, and I, I, I like I like her as a character really. <laughs> yeah, she's. I she's think the stress of. Uh, well, we're about to. I think actually, it's more to do with what we're about to reveal, really. To be honest, mm. um, yeah, some sort of psychological break potentially because of what happens, but something along those lines, I guess. I mean, we have Mrs. Carter on the stand. She explains that Houston loved Lila, 
but it was so difficult because he couldn't marry her because obviously of their different stations and, and different social levels, I guess. Uh, yeah. And obviously the, 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 the issues with, you know, race uh, at the time. Now, because of that, he, his frustration used to boil over into beating her because he couldn't marry her, but he did love her. But Mrs. Carter decided one day, cause she was very fond of Lila. He was, she wanted to give her some money so she could get, just get away from this scenario because it, it, yeah. it was increasingly dangerous and so on. And that's when apparently Houston returned from hunting, saw what was going on, started beating Lila again and quite severely on this occasion. Mrs. Carter said this is the first time she's actually seen it, even though she was aware it used to go on. She pleaded with her son to stop. He even pushed her away carried on beating Lila and then the line of the show as oh, she's there, God. that's what half smile on her face, just looking around the courtroom and she just goes, and that's when I picked up the shotgun chills, mate. It just, Oh yeah. Um, but, he, but she's still in that denial phase, isn't it? Cause she's obviously it's a really sheep and that's when I picked up the shotgun and then Lila's crying and she didn't meet. It was an accident. She was trying to save my life. She was pleading, you know, begging, for um, Sadie's life, even though she's the one on the murder charge and it's basically cleared her, but she's like begging, um, you know, she's, she saved my life, she saved my life and everything. Um, but uh, she says, but th- what got me is after, like you said, the line of the show is, and that's when I picked up the shotgun. But then after that, she's going, see, she didn't, Delilah, she thinks that Delilah's on trial for stealing money. Yes, and and she goes, and I'll be sure that Houston tells you when he comes back from hunting. So even though she she's like, she shot her son to save Lila's life. Otherwise, he probably would have beat. Well, he was beating her basically, and probably to death. You know, beating her to death probably, mm-hmm. based on how they tell it. Um, but yeah, she's still. So that's where that mental break is. That she, even though she's just admitted to doing it, in her head, he's still hunting, and she hasn't done this awful thing to save Lila. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's some, yeah. So, oh God, um, I don't know what would have happened some to her. Deep <laughs> to issues, man. Deep Definitely, issues. Yeah. She's like yeah. almost like blocked out the fact that she's done it. Hasn't she? Mm. Which, you know, people do, you know, that does happen. People do have these mental breaks, these sort of, I suppose, little blackouts for want of a better term. Your, your, your subconscious or whatever tries to hide horrific things that happen in your life from you. There's, there's cases of that from many, many years. So it's, it's quite a scary, it's almost like a self-defense mechanism, I suppose. Yeah, mate. but then after everything we've seen in the show, when we see her that first time on that balcony talking about the Calilies, and I don't think they're ever coming back, she's not really talking about the Calilies. I mean, even in mm. that scene, you can think that she's talking about her son, but it makes more, it's more powerful now that we know that she's the one who actually shot him. Um, so yeah. it's uh, It all ties back together, doesn't it? It's just it does, really yeah, well written. Um, first time I watched it, I honestly didn't see that coming. I didn't no. think, I thought she was going to reveal that it was Houston that instigated the fight. He was beating her and in the process of all this happening, um, you know, Lila picked up the shotgun and shot him in self-defense. That's what I thought it was going. I didn't expect to see his own mother <laughs> sit there and admit to shooting him. Mm. I was, um, and I think it's, uh, and even watching it back this time around, knowing it, um, how the hell I didn't pick up on that? The fact you got shot in the back of the head. I have no idea. You've just, uh, you obviously watch a lot of criminal minds, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I, I have seen this before, obviously, but even knowing 
you know, having seen the episode before it's more on more than one occasion. It's been a while, but on more than one occasion, I didn't see this coming today when I watched it back. It completely threw me. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a good, it was, yeah. good episode, to be fair. it was, it was, I mean, just to sort of sum up, I guess the, the ending is quite a touching moment as well. Uh, Lila is now in a, a nice summer dress looking very well presented. She is catching a bus somewhere. She's been given some money and she's going to go off and, and make her own new life. I guess uh, Sam catches up with her and you know, wants to make sure she's okay and say goodbye and so on. We find out that Leonard has had a big offer from a big law firm. So he's going to be set for life. No more having to play yeah. second fiddle to the <laughs> captain, which I think was nice because it'd be quite easy for them to wrap up what's going on with Lila and so on and still leave those questions. So I'm glad they kind of got that yeah. crossed off the list, Benny. And that the, apparently the other half is happy because there's a country club membership involved with this, uh, with this new law firm that Leonard's going to be working wow. with. Is it New York? I think they say, I don't know. That sh- it, Leonard's wife can just get in the bin, mate. She's not very pleasant. <laughs> you know, <Fair> so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Lila wants to send Leonard money to thank him for what's got, what's happened and so on. Sam says no. And, and gives her a book that is a learner or a reader, they refer to as, which effectively is teaching you to read. And I thought that is fantastic. And Sam just says to her, promise me that you will do this. Uh, so she goes off and she's got a few quid in her back pocket. She's going to start her new life, learn to read, and, and just some dark and difficult subject matters in this episode with regard to race yeah. and sexual assault and all that sort of stuff. And I suppose mental health as well, in a way with, with Mrs. Cotter and her issues, yeah, definitely. but a real nice warm feel good at the end where Lila's going off to, to be happy, Benny. Yeah. And she says, uh, he says, you know, he runs back to the window, doesn't he? The sec after she's already on the bus and he's like, you promise? She goes, I promise. So help me God, which is what the episode's called, which I don't think they do very often in constantly episodes where they actually put the title in the show, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's a nice moment. And he's got uh, Sam waving to the bus and then get the inevitable leap. And I always wonder what the host is like in terms of Leonard coming back and he's just stood in the middle of the street with his arm in the air, waving at a bus going, <laughs> Where, what what's going on where am i you know i always wonder what it would be like to be the the, the leap not the leaper the leapy like when you come back to your own time you're like did i was i dreaming what the hell just happened you know yeah about a week's gone by since <laughs> he's you know maybe five days you know at the most so you get these stories don't you about people being abducted by aliens and not knowing where they are and then being well, dropped yeah, off somewhere yeah. else and can't remember certain things perhaps those people just had dr beckett leap into them for some reason well maybe we'll dive into that on paranormal junkie when i finally get the freaking show up and running mate to be fair but looking yeah forward <laughs> to it, mate. looking forward to it <laughs> yeah but it would be quite cool i wonder if the, i mean you I wonder if they'll visit that in the new in the new series, maybe every now and again, just to see what it's like to be mm. the person who has been taken out of your own time to go. Where am I in the in the waiting room? No pun intended there. Um, so there we go. <laughs> yeah, so that's that. I mean, Sam leaps and he materializes in a makeup chair, and there's people frantically trying to get him ready for what is obviously going to be some performance of some description. He, he has a fake mustache on. And then, as I mentioned earlier on with the umbrella, we cut to another camera angle and the mustache is not on and the lady picks it up and sticks it on him. So that was a bit of a continuity error there. There's also the guy running in, counting down, saying he's going to be on, needs to be on stage in 60 seconds. Then he goes, he goes, he counts down. He goes, because, and she's like, stop screaming. And he's like, 40, 
uh, eight. Then he goes, then she says something else and he goes 47. Then when he goes to get up, he goes 48 again. It's like, wait, yeah. wait, I don't know if you picked up on that. Yeah, it cool. was. Yeah. He, he went from 47 back up. Didn't he rather than down. in the actual episode though, they corrected it. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> but, but in, the, in, in the teaser, I was like, you've already said 48 or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> so, that is what we'll be looking at uh, next time here on the Waiting Room podcast. Uh, what's the episode title, Benny? Is it Falling uh, Cats Star? Falling Star. Cats are falling. I don't remember masses about that. So, it's going to be quite intriguing to me watching that back. I remember uh, bits of it. Um, I think if I remember rightly, I liked it, to be honest. So I'm actually quite looking okay. forward to watching it, to be honest. Cool. Okay, good stuff. So to look forward to, because whilst we have been away for a while, we ain't going away again. It may only be fortnightly for a while, but we're going to keep churning out the episodes <laughs> for you. Uh, let us know what you think and so on. I will give out all the social medias at the end of the show. But before we get there, we do need to do a few, I suppose, ratings, Benny. We have our plus points and our negatives, and then we've always given these episodes a rating out of five. So, yes, yeah. do you want to do you want to go first or second, my friend? Uh, I don't mind, to be honest. Uh, you well, pass it to me the baton. I'm talking. I'll go first. Okay. Um, instead of uh, causing a kerfuffle, um, it's just okay. Uh, I like this episode. I like the way again because you know. How I still didn't pick up on that bloody shotgun thing, I have no idea, but there we go. Um, I'm going to go, do you know what, a solid four, to be honest. I thought it was a really mm-hmm. good episode. Um, it felt, it. some episodes, you, you sometimes you have scenes where you go, why is that here? It doesn't fit in well with it. There's nothing in this this episode for me, yeah, apart from the, you know, the racial things that we've already covered, but um, it's of its time. But in terms of the story we're being told, um, don't get me wrong, it's got a very murder she wrote vibe about it. <laughs> I feel I find. <laughs> but overall, it's a solid episode. So yeah, solid four out of five for me, to be honest. Yeah, th- that's exactly what I've got, mate. That's exactly what I got. Four out of five. I thought this was really good. Really, really good. I like things that have a swerve at the end or or you know a, a reveal that you're not expecting. So that was great. That that ticked a box for me there. I think the characters are in this, even the ones that are repulsive and vile it's good character work because you end up if a character's on screen and you don't feel anything, then there's something wrong. I don't like these characters. So they've done a job. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think we linger too long on any one of them. We have enough information when we do have them on screen and what they're like very quickly. We don't need, we're not lingering around for 10 minutes on a character mm -hmm. to see like their person. We've, we pick up on most of these people's characters within moments of uh, meeting them. And very, uh, you know, including the coppers as well, like the police officers, that one especially, who's very much like, they all accuse, we didn't really mention it in the episode, but they all accuse Leonard of fancying her as well and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we didn't really touch upon that. But I think there's an, again, I think it's, I wouldn't say it's a perfect episode, but I think in terms of the story, like I said, a solid four. um, It's, like I said, somewhere in the episode, I said, I put it on. And before I knew it, bearing in mind the episode's 48 minutes long. It didn't feel like it. And mm. even watching it, probably this is probably my third or fourth time seeing this episode. So it still felt relatively, a bit of brand of mind, it's been a while, but it still felt relatively fresh in terms of the story. Even though I knew the ending, I still enjoyed it. So yeah, good episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it too. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and recording with you again when we do our next installment of The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast. And as I mentioned that, you can follow the show on Twitter 
at waiting room pod underscore, but also you need to be checking out the Twitter account and the Facebook group for SJP world media, where this show is now being carried along with the doctor who pod, uh, all the great stuff Benny brings to the table with regards to looking at modern day WWE with in the corner and so on. I bloody love that show. It's great. Cause basically Benny watches modern day WWE. So I don't have to, which is awesome. I just listen back to what he's Maybe that should be the tagline now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nitro nights chain wrestling uh the nxt rise and fall podcast with joshua goodwin so many great shows so many great co-hosts i'm very very fortunate that, that i work with such brilliant people like all of these on sjp world media and another one being your good self benny can you tell everyone whereabouts they can find you online uh, well, all the, the shows I'm involved with at the moment are obviously on at SJP World Media on Twitter and, and obviously all on the on the links there where you can go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and pretty much, I think if I'm right in saying this side, where most podcasts are uh, broadcast, I think, aren't they, to be honest? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That. Yeah, pretty much all podcast providers, um, all the shows are available on the main feed which is just as they come out, they drop on the main feed, but then each show has its own separate feed or channel away as well. So if you enjoy listening to us talk about quantum leap, but you're not a particularly big wrestling fan, that's fine. You can jump onto the waiting room channel and just listen to the waiting room. If you like pro wrestling, yeah, if you like pro wrestling and you listen to In the Corner and you enjoy that, and then you follow on on the main feed and catch maybe Nitro Nights, you can go back and listen to Nitro Nights and In the Corner on their own separate feeds. So it's a lot there going on, but yeah, they're all available. Really on. Is, really, I like that because you know you find SJP World Media. Oh, they do quite a lot of shows, and then you can then go into your own, like you said, your own channels. And we've got if you just like this or just like wrestling, like you've already said, it, I think it's pretty brilliant the way you've done that. To be honest, I like that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, no, yeah I'm, I'm quite proud of it yeah i'm quite proud of it so uh, you can follow that's... me on twitter by the way at benny mac b-e-triple-m-y-m-a-c-k and uh, you'll find everything you need to know pretty much there on the link tree or uh at in the corner uh at, i always get this wrong size my own freaking twitter at in the corner wwe i think that's the first that's right doing right <laughs> no that's the one that's the one <laughs> <laughs> yeah just follow at sjp world media do it you know you want there it. we go there we go. Right then, I suppose, Benny, that concludes our our comeback episode, I guess, for want of a better term. I've yeah. had a blast, mate. I've missed doing this show. I miss talking to you about Quantum Leap. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, there aren't many people I know who like the show, so yeah, it's always good to catch up. Um, we'll catch a Falling Star next week. I'm looking forward to seeing what you think of it, to be honest. Uh, I remember liking it, so hopefully I, I still do. So yeah, I'm interested. Uh, it's not next week, is it? Every two weeks. My, my apologies. Uh, new format. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah if i gotta do my line now is this where i go it's time to leap outside it is that time benny yes okay it's time to leap outside